Welcome back to the Untangled podcast, where we explore how plausible and obscure alternative reality really is. Today, we're packing our possessions and grabbing our life jackets as we set sail on a Titanic. At the time of its maiden voyage, the Titanic was deemed unsinkable, something that would soon prove to be one of the 20th century's most ironic statements. But what if the Titanic really didn't sink? There are some who think that the Titanic was actually swapped with its sister ship, the Olympic. But what do we think of that? Join us today as we navigate these icy waters to see what actually happened. And before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. We appreciate your support. Welcome back, everybody, to the fifth episode or so we're doing of this amazing conspiratorial series of ours. I'm quite excited to get into it today because I'm bringing with me an old friend from the past. If you followed me throughout my, my previous podcast productions, you may have known her. Crystal, say hello. Tell us who you are. Hi, everyone. So as, as Simon said, I have been on a couple podcast episodes with him in the past. I was on the Issa podcast when I was in Leiden. Now I'm living in Italy. I completed the uh, master's program at Johns Hopkins, looking for a job, trying to hang out in Europe a little longer. So in the meantime, I don't know what I'm doing, but apparently I'm on podcast again. Not even yeah. any podcast, a conspiracy podcast, which cannot do anything but further your job prospects, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I shouldn't say that too loudly. I'm trying to keep you on. Talking about other people who are unemployed. Han, tell us about yourself. Uh, that that was uncalled for. All right. Hi, guys. I'm not unemployed. As Simon says, I am doing a thing right now. That was cruel. Uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, Han. Han is interning very hard, which I've done in the past. Very hard. so great to no longer be an intern. I will brag. Hmm. But I mean, talking about money-wise, you need money to do one thing right. And Crystal, you like doing this one thing. It's called traveling, right? What's your favorite voyage you've ever been on? favorite voyage um i'm not a viking so i haven't really but you must have traveled the ocean sometimes trawled across the great north atlantic braved the storms braved the winters i mean you are originally from across the north atlantic right yeah um i i i'm american i've lived in a couple different states and also a few different countries but it's i don't know in terms of my favorite trips, I've, I've always really enjoyed going to Asia. I had a fantastic trip where I visited my best friend in Japan. We went up and down the main, the main island for three weeks. So that, that could be probably my one of my top experiences. Have you ever you know, been on a cruise? I, I've been on a cruise one time for like three days in, uh, in eighth grade. Did I tell you ever that I almost died in a boat once? I don't think so. <laughs> so when I was living in Nova Scotia, when I was like four or five years old, we first immigrated to Canada. The Canadian government was like, yo, we uh, screwed up your documents. We don't know if you actually came to the country or not. So we're going to make you leave the country and come back in. So my parents found the cheapest way to do this was go in this sketchy ass boat called the cat boat. Um, I don't think I could get sued for saying this, but it was a sketchy ass boat. Anyways, this cat boat would take us across from Nova Scotia to Maine, would stay there for like two hours. This is all the time I've actually been in America, just those, that, those like two hours, and then would head back into Nova Scotia. However, halfway through this trip on this boat, we were sitting like in the last row in the boat and like some door opened, which is like sucking wind, like trying to suck stuff out. 
So my mom like crawled over to the door and like slammed it shut and we were saved. However, this doesn't sound that thrilling. I could see your look of confusion, Crystal. Three or four months later, my parents are watching the news and some guy had gotten sucked out of the catboat from like the same position my parents were sitting and drowned in the ocean after being sucked out of the boat alive. Oh my God. And then they shut the boat down. So I almost died in the boat, right? You'll take that, right? I almost died in the boat too. Slightly different story. I was in Thailand (laughs) on Koh Tao. No, actually it was Koh Phangan. And uh, there was this bar which was really cool and everyone wanted to go there but the only way you could reach it is to get in like a little dinghy boat and be ferried to like across the across the arm of the island um so i think it was in the evening was about eight nine or something so me and a lot of other people went to the beach to try to find a guy who would get us there but it was really windy and it was really stormy and like five or six people told us, nah, 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 we're not going to do it. Wouldn't be safe. Wouldn't be safe. And then this one guy, this one guy was like, sure, hop in, hop in. That everyone who was standing on the beach there just got into the boat. And we went out and it was way too stormy. Like that boat was jumping up half a meter, a meter, and it was just crashing down and there was water everywhere. And you could just see everybody in the boat looking at the shore. I mean, like, if this ghost hits up, can I actually make it? Can I can I swim that? And eventually it was fine, but I'm pretty shaken up. It was Did a good party though. Would have made nice it? Bar. Yeah, would you have uh, made it? Um, realistically, probably not. I'm not the best swimmer. I assume you're also slightly intoxicated. I was definitely inebriated at the time. <laughs> can you put the dots together yet, Crystal, about what the conspiracy is we're going to be talking about today? I, I think so, but I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I will say, for the record, I, and this is interesting, I've not had any near-death experiences on a boat, which is weird because I've had, I feel like I've had a decent number of, not, mm, I've, I feel like I've had a decent number of experiences <laughs> where I was like, dang, I should be dead. <laughs> but none, none on a boat so far. Knock on wood. So far. Hmm. I'll throw together the final piece here to kind of throw it all together. So, Crystal, you've spent some time in Las Vegas. Yes, I I lived there for a year. Do you know the only reason I would ever want to go to Las Vegas? Dude, that's there's so many. I don't like the, the roller coaster. Do you, nah, you, no. you could go you could go to the Bellagio and watch the fountains. You could go to a shotgun wedding chapel. Get married by Elvis. You, you can go um, to that one one show with the pirate ship if they still got that. That's you're fun. getting warmer, Darhan. You're getting warmer. Yeah, talking about pirate ships, like Cirque du Soleil. Those Canadian freaks, but no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they were Canadian. They are Canadian. Cirque du Soleil. They're from Quebec. They're Quebec's greatest cultural export. Right. I did not know that. Um, Anyways, have you heard of the big piece, Crystal? The Mm, no, I don't think so. You should do, you're lost. This is the biggest attraction in Las Vegas for me. It would huh, be for do, you. Do you want to explain what this is? I sent you a video about this. So you better watch this. Okay, listen. Wait, hold on. Listen, I would like to... Okay, I lived there. I did not visit. Living is completely different because you avoid all the expensive touristy crap, okay? This isn't touristy. This is a life-changing experience. This is a one-of-a-kind <laughs> experience you can't get anywhere else in the world. Tell, tell her what the big piece is, Han. It's a, it's a big piece of what used to be a boat. 
Used to be yeah. part of a boat. Really big so one. So if you haven't put it together yet, we're going to be talking about the Titanic today. And the biggest piece of the Titanic that has been recovered from the ocean is currently in Las Vegas. I did not know that. <laughs> I've literally never heard about that. <laughs> you disappoint me. You disappoint you must, me. You must have missed all the advert advertisements. Wait, is this is this the that's the reason you wanted me on for this one because I lived in Vegas? I I mean, okay. I will admit the reason I came up with the idea for this topic is because I was binge watching videos about the new Lego Titanic they released, and then I found this video about the big piece of the Titanic, and that was in Las Vegas. And I'm like, Las Vegas Titanic. People who have been on trips, Crystal, it popped together, and voila, I swear you're here to now. God, you get the most random random links to things. Also, also, your name is Crystal. It's like Crystal Ball. That will also play in in the future. So keep that in mind. Oh my gosh, this I feel like this is the second episode of a podcast where you said something about my name matching a crystal ball and you need you need to not continue doing that i i my apologies <laughs> I, i'm sure i'm sure i'm going to blow your mind so much with this theory that it'll make you forgive me for this mm -hmm. but regardless to give the general gist of the theory i want to give the general gist then i want to hear how much you believe it and then we're just going to talk about the titanic and explain this theory so generally, there's a ship called the Titanic. You may have heard of it. It famously sh sank in 1912, killing thousands of people. Very big tragedy. However, some people think that instead of it sinking, it was swapped with its sister ship, Olympic, and it sank instead, and the Titanic lived on. So, as you might have known how this podcast goes, Crystal, I want, to give you the, I want you to give this theory a rating. How, how much do you believe it? Out of a 10... Why do you think it could be true, not true? And we'll change your mind as we go along. Okay, so I've actually heard this theory before. Mm -hmm. um, I, I won't say I've heard, like, all of the proof for it. Um, but I saw a little bit about it saying, like, oh, there's, um, here's, like, a picture of the, what, what was it called? The Olympia? Olympic? Olympic. The Olympic. The Olympic. Yeah. Here's a picture of the Titanic. And there's like similar features and whatever. Um, so I, I I feel like it's plausible. I'm I, I think I'll I'll say that I'm on the fence, like a, f a five or six out of ten. That's a good starting point. I, I'm confident we'll get you up a little. And uh, Han is also a bit new to this theory, so I want him to also give us his impressions and his ranking. He's done a little more research, but I'm sure he'll be. I, I have done some research, but it's was pretty one-sided and uncritical, so I feel like it might be a bit skewed upwards, my score. Uh, I guess I'll go for a six. It's okay. still not super plausible, so there's there's a challenge. Mm. Okay. Well, I have some work cut out for me today because this is a cool one, and I, I don't know where I stand on this, but I do think it's... There is something there is something to be said here. There's a lot of coincidences here, as in a lot of coincidences. So yeah, let's head into this. Crystal, what do you know about the Titanic? Tell me tell me like a brief off the top of your head. I mean you must have learned about this in school or something. What do you know about the Titanic? Uh okay. So it was obviously a, a very large ship. I'm gonna do this very, very very eloquently, briefly, whatever. Yes. Very large ship. It was supposed to have a transatlantic voyage, and it did not make it through that voyage. It hit an iceberg. Uh, it sunk. 
lots of people died. There were not enough lifeboats because the engineers of the ship were really stupid um, or optimistic. Actually, the government or... regulations, uh, the government said you don't need more lifeboats than that. So it's really? actually government to blame there. Yeah, it was a part of regulations back then. Oh, you only needed as many lifeboats. I didn't know that. I thought I thought they were just flaunting uh, safety well, I mean, regulations. It was an unsinkable ship. That was what they built it as. And it was at, at the time, it was the world's largest man-made movable object. Pretty mm -hmm. insane, right? Mm -hmm. Probably so, also the largest concentration of irony at that time. Wow. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. But anyways, like Crystal said, it was a great summary she gave. It basically was supposed to, on its maiden voyage, its first voyage, it was running across the Atlantic and off the coast of Newfoundland, about like 500 kilometers into the icy cold water, hit an iceberg. It sank over the course of an hour and a half. Um, I mean, as depicted in this film, we all know the Titanic. You may have heard of it. Um, by fellow Canadian James Cameron. Anyways, it sank. I think it killed about uh, 2,000 people or so and only a few hundred survivors. And yeah, it was a great tragedy of the day and age. However, there's this cool conspiracy that maybe all is not as it seems. Really quick, I saw something uh, as I was browsing the interwebs earlier today, and I don't know if it has any merit to it or not, um, but supposedly the one Japanese person who was on the Titanic and survived lost his job and was shamed after he got back home for not dying with the other passengers. I've seen that one too. Yeah. <laughs> That's tragic. I, I mean, horrible. there is something to be said that there, it was surprising. I think that there was a vastly disproportionate amount of women who survived the Titanic uh, and children as opposed to men, despite there being more men on board. So it just makes sense. It's the, the women and children first, right? You, you get yeah. the, didn't you see the movie? Exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I may have not seen the movie, but... <laughs> Are you serious? I I did all the other research. I watched like 20 conspiracy theory documentaries on this. I don't need to watch yeah. a James Cameron movie to know what it's all about. Oh, not even your fellow Canadian. He's American for all I care. He moved away from Canada when he was like 14 to drive a truck. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like you being Dutch is not a thing. Have you heard... I don't know if you've told you about this, Han, but um, would you believe something is more likely to sink if there were uh, some premonitions about it in the past? Uh, no, I don't believe so, in magic. So do you, Crystal, believe in like premonitions or foresight? You mean like actual like psychic premonitions? I wouldn't call it psychic. I'd call it, you know, just natural behavior. But sure, you can call it psychic. I don't, well, what, what, what do you mean by natural behavior premonitions? Just psychic, but yeah, some people who claim, ooh, or like, you know, just scary coincidence beforehand. I'll, I'll give you guys an example to speed us along. Mm -hmm. So in 1898, 14 or 15 years before the Titanic sailed, this guy, Morgan Robertson, he wrote a book called Futility or the Wreck of the Titan, which was about a ship called the Titan, very coincidental, uh, who was deemed unsinkable and... Uh, had an insufficient amount of lifeboats and on its first maiden voyage in April of all months, it hit an iceberg in the North Atlantic and sank. Dot, dot, dot. When was this written? 1898. So maybe 
the guys that came uh, that commissioned your ship just read the book and were like, "Yeah, yeah, we can, we can, we can do that." <laughs> I, that that kind of went through my head when I was reading this, but you, you see, you know, there it could have happened, and there's more incidents of these scary premonitions happening, like this other German guy, Gerhard Holtzmann. He wrote a story uh, about a ship called the Atlantis, another majestic ocean name, which also suffered a similar fate to the Atlantic, hitting an iceberg and sinking. And that was a few months before the Titanic. It's it's also it, I I gotta I gotta step in and say it's also just an evocative story, like it it gets it gets the people going. There's a reason <laughs> it's a big movie. I I guess so, but um. I guess before we get too off course, we should start where this fury would have started. So we all know the Titanic was built, right? Um, and it was a great majestic ship. But did you guys know, and I'm going to share my screen real quick here because I have a few pictures which we'll narrate for the audience. So yeah, beautiful, majestic Titanic. But did you know that she was not the first of her class? Uh, yes. Ooh, pl- pray elaborate, Crystal. I I cannot elaborate, but I do know that the Titanic was not the first. Yes. In the Olympic-class ship, um, it was like the, the line of ship. There were three ships to be made. One was the Olympic, which was completed in 1911. One was the Titanic, which was completed in 1912. And a third one, called the Britannic, was completed in 1915. So the picture I'm showing right now is the Titanic. Very recognizable, right? Fairly. Yeah, fairly. What ship is this? Oh, <laughs> it's uh, this this? one of the other ones. I think it's the Olympic. It is the Olympic, but if you just saw this picture, would you have said that's the Olympic? No, but I also wouldn't have said that's the Titanic. I would have said that's a big ship. Yeah. <laughs> this is like this is like identical to the Titanic, though, right? Just saying. So for, so for reference, it's a it's a picture of pretty much the same boat. Yeah, but it's black and white. The Titanic was also black and white, only its hull was painted red. So it was all, red. All of, the, all of the white star line ships had a similar color pattern. So, yeah. So, so the, the, the cool thing about it is that most people assume the Titanic was a really hyped up ship, right? It was actually the Olympic, because Olympic launched a year earlier, and they were literally the exact same size. The only reason the Titanic was deemed slightly larger is because it had a slightly different configuration within, so it could hold like 20 more pounds of cargo. So technically, the Titanic was the larger one, but the Olympic is practically the same ship. If you held them side by side, um, which I'm going to do now, which one is which? Mm. So for context, I'm showing a picture of uh, the Olympics sitting beside the Titanic when they're moored in uh, Belfast, I believe, in in their docks where they were being built. Yeah. I think the one on the left is the Titanic because it looks newer. The one on the right seems bigger, but that might be an optic illusion. They're both the same size, literally. And any guesses, Han? Lighter? Are you going left or right? I'll go for the right one. I'd, just so one of us has his, uh, is correct. <laughs> wow. But Crystal, as you see, you're already wrong in this theory. The left one is actually Olympic, and the right one is the Titanic. Ah, I knew it. Yes, indeed. So, the issue of having two ships which are very identical, if you even look at the schemes, this was the exact layout for both the Olympic and the Titanic. Most people just assume this is just the Titanic. So I'm just showing a, a cross-section of the hull, basically. However, the issue was the Olympic wasn't a very lucky ship, per se. So she was launched earlier, right? However, she had a bit of a history of getting into weird little accidents. So a few times she ran aground onto a sandbank. And then, ultimately, 
1911, before she was even a year old, well, captained by our beloved Captain Smith, who also captained the Titanic, by the way, she uh, suffered a collision with another ship, the HMS Hawk, which was a British warship. This ship, uh, they were pulling out of England, and she was being traversed like along the thing, and then this ship just came out of nowhere and couldn't turn quick enough, and then, wham, ran right into her hull. Um, if you could even see the shape of the ship, the H, the Hawk, being an older British warship, was even designed with a hull to kind of like slam into ships and kind of sink them. So she suffered a major hit. This was a huge blow for the White Star Line because, as you can see, there are these pictures of huge gaps of huge damage being caused. Han, do you want to do you want to say what these these uh, gashes look like? Well, they're pretty bad, Simon. Yeah, I feel, it, like a, I feel like a reporter being called in now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that looks pretty bad, honestly. It's 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 basically just a tear in the hull, which reaches about two thirds of the way up above the waterline, even. So that's that's pretty deep. It's a pretty yeah, deep and gash. It, and if you look at the pictures, the bottom one, you can only see the top like part. It was like an hourglass shape. So even at the bottom is even deeper to damage. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, what happened is that. I think it punctured two or three wire tight compartments, so it meant that the ship could still kind of not sink, because they are unsinkable, as they say. But this is quite some damage, right? Crystal, yeah. do you think that this ship could ever have really set, sailed again? Um, I mean, this this bottom photo is literally in the water, so I assume that it's not it's not completely done for, but it definitely merits... It definitely needs to be patched up before it can actually go off and do whatever it's supposed to be doing. Did you did you ever see Futurama? I have not. Sorry, I'm missing all your film references. I mean, today. I, I saw a bit of it. Oh, okay, well, this is this is just reminding me of that episode where um, they have to take they're like flying an oil tanker past. I think it's Pluto, and. Uh, Bender crashes and in, basically crashes into a meteor, and the me- or the meteor like rips through all six thousand steel hulls and just completely covers Pluto in oil. Oh yeah, and then yeah. they're like, ah, oh, why didn't they build it with six thousand and one hulls? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this was catastrophic damage to the White Star Line because these ships are quite expensive to build. Um, they cost about a million and a half a. British pounds back in the day, which is equivalent to, I think, several hundred million dollars in today's money. So, you know, quite the investment. And also, beyond just being expensive, these things had a good purpose. They could haul more people across the Atlantic than most other things. And back in the day, a lot of people wanted to go from the UK to the US instead of the other way around, as you're trying to do, Crystal. So, yeah, a lot of... (laughs) Oh, how the turntables... (laughs) fair enough fair enough but anyways what happened is that the olympic limped backwards to i think it was southampton for two weeks they patched up that hole with steel plates so she could be sent back to belfast um so because these are the biggest ships in the world like the biggest objects in the world basically they couldn't be fixed in the regular uh in a regular like shipyard they had a special one just built for them in belfast so she went back there they took the titanic out which was being built at the time and she was put in there. It took six weeks or so to repair her. Even when she was repaired, she was still quite patched up. She couldn't function completely as they wanted to. And they're like, oh, she'll be fine. So they sent her out another mission across the ocean. This time, one of her propellers like breaks off or something. And so at this time, I think it's around March of 1912. 
So they send her all the way back to Belfast, where they have to replace one of her propellers. And again, they have to take the Titanic out, which was almost done by that time, and put her in. So as I showed you guys, this picture of the two sitting side by side, this was taken when the Olympic was coming in to get her propellers fixed because they broke again. And it's fair, at the time she was there, it was realized that a lot of the damage was quite more extensive than initially realized. Basically, some experts were even saying she'll never pass another safety board exam again. Do you have any papers of after it was patched up? I have a few, perhaps. I'm pretty sure that the kind people can Google it. However, the theory that's theorized is, let's say, Crystal, you have this brand spanking new big ship sitting to the side. And you have this horribly patched up ship sitting on the other side. And I'm going to make you aware of some knowledge. So you know how the British military ship crashed into the Olympic, right? Mm -hmm. The British refused to pay any insurance on that. So the White Star Line got no insurance claims paid out because of that incident. So they had a big gaping hole of money, basically. So you have one big money hole. You have one beautiful new ship. What do you do, Crystal? I mean, I, I, would, I would just use the, the new ship, which is safer and not beat up. Or, or you can swap the new ship with the old ship, pretend the old ship is the new one, send it on a voyage, let it sink, and collect insurance money. <laughs> Any thoughts? You're laughing at this, but... Um, I mean, okay, but you have to be really cold-hearted to specifically, like, pack the ship full of people and not just send it off on, like, a cargo mission? I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, Han, talking about cold-hearted, do you want to make this story a bit more believable and tell Crystal who owned these ships? Well, these ships, as Simon just said, were owned by the White Star Line, and uh, I think J. Bruce Ismay was the chairman of that company. Yes. And, uh, well, as Simon said, these, these ships were incredibly expensive they're ridiculously expensive um and um they were backed by jp morgan at the time that's a man uh, whose loans you do want to pay back so they were in a bit of a tight spot because they didn't have the money to back up their investment the investment made by some pretty powerful people so yeah, there were some financial tensions and some people were even theorizing that the company was basically on the edge of bankruptcy because you got this million and a half dollar loan just sinking slowly into the water, basically. Mm -hmm. So if you could switch it, and these are identical ships, mind you, they're at the same place conveniently for a brief stretch of time. You just switch the names, that's basically all you have to do, and sink the other one. Voila. Perfect plan. What could go wrong beyond us internet sleuths, right? But would would no one notice if there's been so much work done on the Olympic, would no one notice when you switch them because you have one that's brand new? And I, I assume like no no scuffs, no uh I, I don't know what, what kind of like damage ships get from the ocean, but no not like literally nothing. Brand new. Hasn't been on the water. So wouldn't you Notice if you switched it with one that's been going in and out and had repairs done on it? Perhaps. However, you know, the Irish, or at least that time period, were known for being a bit more, you know, slip them a little bribe, threaten their family, right, Han? Oh, yeah. The, 
yeah, that's I'm just thinking of the documentary that we watched uh had these live action scenes um uh, of just certain things happening and one of them was an Irish man being bribed in a in a bar. It's just quite surreal. You should like it. Yeah, he he threatened to like what was it with his children? It was like what was <laughs> yeah. the quote? He threatened. Uh, he threatened. Like, I think he said something like, "Yeah, you should. Uh, you should shut up now. You uh, and and go back home to your wife and sixteen kids or something." You it was seventeen daddy. children. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that, that was amazing. But yeah, basically, I don't think it's that out of this world. Well, I can I can back it up a little bit in in the sense that it's probably easier to repair outward damage and visual damage um, but the ship itself will be structurally compromised at places that people can't exactly see because i mean it only went out on a few voyages so the inside was basically pristine you just rinse it you can basically refurbish that pretty easily um i think the inside interior uh, decorating was pretty similar to most of the stuff that was there was pretty similar to um the one thing that uh, I'm, might be cutting your grass the grass in front of you simon Go but uh, the one the one thing that they did notice on the titanic is that it had a slight list to starboard and incidentally the rudder of the olympic was also said to have been damaged and given a slight lisp to starboard yeah so that lined up and moreover another fun fact i don't know if you caught this han do you know when the Titanic was finished, as in, like, completely finished as a ship? Mm, not exactly. So she sailed on her maiden vo- voyage on April 12th. She was finished on April the 2nd. So mm. with so much rush of getting stuff done, people moving about, so much construction work going inside, I could believe that there was, you know, it probably didn't look as clean inside. It probably doesn't look like a new car on the inside. It probably looks like, you know, a hotel being built, to use a Las Vegas analogy for you, Crystal. <laughs> it keeps going back to that. Uh, that's that's nah. a really short, because I'm, I'm assuming that's, okay, that's it, like building everything, but without furnishing anything, right? Like no... No, no kitchen appliances, no beds, sheets, towels. All the bed sheets and towels, the White Star Line used the same for each of their ships in the line. Okay, but so I'm I'm saying like done. I'm assuming that okay, she it was it was done being built on whatever the second, but mm-hmm. that might not include actually putting in like all of the furnishings that people need yeah. to exist in the space, right? That would, that would be a lot. That would be a lot. You'd have to have like people going in and out of it probably for eight to 10 days straight to make sure that every single room is set up like, and ready to house people. Did you know she had a crew of 900 people? That's how many people took to ran this thing. It's insane, right? I didn't realize it's that big until like now, but yeah, Mm -hmm. biggest ship in the world. Mm -hmm. Anyways, moving on, you know, people always say about conspiracies and conspiracy theorists. They're always like, Oh, you got all these little tangents. You you got a you got a nice story, a nice yarn to spin, right? Well, you need some physical evidence as well. And I brought you guys some physical evidence from physical photographs, which are totally legit. So this ship right here is the Olympic, as you can see her name circled in red, right? I want you, Crystal and Han, if you can see it, you can see the portholes circled in green, right? If you count those, how many of these portholes are there? 
15. Yes. Fine. Same number for you. Same number. Okay. Now I'm going to flip to a picture of the Titanic. Uh, this is the actual Titanic being built. I want you to count how many portholes it has on its side. Okay. 14. 14. Okay. And now this picture is the Titanic on the day of its maiden voyage. I want you to count how many portholes it has. And note the name is Titanic on Is it? I can't see that. I'll take your word for it. No, I can't read the name either. Yeah, we'll just believe it, you. <laughs> they didn't have too great of a pictures back then. Get off of me with your DSLR. Can, can't you? Can't you just do the do the CSI thing? Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. Damn it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So this one has fifteen also, but um. Yeah. What you make of The that other pistol? photo looks like it was taken from the other side of the ship. I couldn't find one from the other side. It, it's hard to find pictures of these like, ships. I can't, okay, I but, can't tell that this is for sure the same side or the other, the other it one. It says Titanic on this ship. It literally okay, says Titanic. I know, I know, but flip, the... flip back to the other photo. Okay. Okay, what I'm saying is this looks like it would be the left side of the ship, while the other photo looks mm -hmm. like it would be the right side of the ship. And... I am one all for symmetry. I would absolutely, if I was designing a ship, put the same number of portholes on both sides. But since I can't tell that this is the same side of the ship, like they're both the right side yeah. or whatever, um, I don't think that you have any proof here. Because what if someone was dumb and they just put 15 portholes on one side and 14 on the other side? I, on the world's biggest ship? Yeah, why not? I mean, at least, is this not putting some doubt in your mind? Not this know? one specifically, no. <laughs> well, I have another picture um, comparing the photos of the wreck of the Titanic and before the Titanic of the arrangement of the windows. So if you can see, the ship that sank in the ocean um, has windows kind of like as slits, kind of irregularly arranged. And those were definitively photographed on the RMS Olympic. However, if you take a picture of the RMS Titanic, you can see its windows are really symmetrically outlined. Hmm. Any, any convincing evidence here for you, Han? I, I hear you humming like a Minecraft villager. <laughs> Did <laughs> ah, oh, didn't think of it like that. Did you do the red? Did you do the red striping in the? I, I, so for I did. everybody, Simon might have put some red tape in there. I, I did not actually. I am not that proficient with um, Microsoft Paint. I would have been impressed with your handwriting. <laughs> yeah, but no. Anyways, uh, there's tons of evidence online. I urge any of our listeners to just go search up the windows on the Titanic versus the Olympic. There is some weird obscurities. I will maybe grant Crystal a point that there weren't too many pictures around back then, and you know, pictures that back then weren't that great. But there is enough to put some doubt in some people's minds. And additionally, one other cool thing about pictures of the Titanic, did you guys know that since the Titanic sank, right, they didn't take many pictures of the Titanic? So many of the pictures circulating of the Titanic are actually of the Olympic because after it sank, there was a huge surge of demand for pictures of it. And the White Star Line is like, yo, we got this other ship that looks exactly <laughs> like it. They're not going to tell the difference. So basically every picture you've seen of like the interior of the Titanic or like other outside shots of the Titanic are actually the Olympic just pretending to be a Titanic. That's not confusing at all. I feel like that also helps invalidate the idea that they, or does it? Mm, I mean, okay, that could certainly be used as like evidence for the argument that they just flipped the switch, that they just flipped the ships. Try saying that three times fast, <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
Flip the switch. Flip the switch. No, flip the no, switch. it's flip the ships. <laughs> no, it's no, flip I the switch, right? Flip the ship. They flip the ships. Oh, That's, oh yeah. God. <laughs> That's why flip the ships. Flip the ships. Flip the ships. Uh, well, anyways, Nailed you're starting to flip around a bit, right, Crystal? I see some doubts occurring in your mind. You know, this is what this podcast is all about, making people doubt the reality. I mean, ob- obviously, these these two, like, photographs of the Titanic and photographs of the is it Olympic slash Titanic prior Olympic. to sinking, whatever. Clearly, they're different. Um, if I wanted to be, like, if I wanted to be stubborn about it, I would say, oh, but maybe in this last photo and the one on the bottom – they had all of the shutters of the ship open and then they were partially closed <laughs> the other when it sank <laughs> i feel like that's no kind i of know this one thing like if yeah. i wanted you sound like the conspiracy like, theorist oh, here crystal I, I can see they're different yeah okay well let's move on to the actual voyage of the titanic her maiden voyage so to say. So as we all know, she was her captain was this magnificent gentleman with the, the great facial hair. I've always admired captain's facial hair. There's, there's something about how they grow beards, which just isn't the Does same. Does have a very regal beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's not the same online. I don't know if you agree with us, Crystal, being the having the more, I guess, female perspective on beards, I guess, but I mean, the, for, for me, the female um, perspective on beards is as long as you can take care of it, it looks great. And this, this man looks, he does, he looks regal. He looks very... Majestic. On, on, a, on a scale, on a scale from one to ten, what can? How would you rate this beard? Um, it, it it looks like he could have like done a little more combing of it, but I would say it's like like seven or an eight. I respect the mush ga- mustache game more because it really adds kind of like the 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 beard. I would say itself like the beard beard isn't the greatest, but just the curls mm-hmm. of the mustache. Oh, this is this is World War One era, right? They had some pretty damn impressive mustaches back then. They did. What a bygone era. Regardless, <laughs> this this beautiful gentleman, as we're <laughs> been mesmerizing over his facial hair for the past minute, is Edward Smith, uh, Captain Edward J. Smith. At the mighty age of 62, he was the, the Commodore for the White Star Line, which meant that on every new ship they made, he was the first guy to take it out in the water. Mm. Oh, I have a question for you real quick. And Go this is Crystal. completely, There's I have no information about this. This is literally just based off of um, like Futurama, <laughs> when they when they launch a new <laughs> ship, do people actually like break a bottle of whatever, like alcohol or something, on the hull? Yeah, they yes. do. They, they do. Yeah, cool. to launch it. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you hear the superstition that the one they crashed in the Titanic didn't break properly, and they think that might be? What I did it? hear that actually. Mm. But yeah, just saying. I know my Titanic facts here. I used to be obsessed with the Titanic at the age of like <laughs> eight. But anyways, and he never saw the movie. <laughs> Why would I want to how watch? Did, a, a how did Hollywood you burn? even learn about the Titanic when you were eight if you didn't see the movie? I read a lot of books on it. I thought it was really fascinating. I, I was legit like in grade three. I, I remember there they had these a huge like the library had like two or three books on it, and I read through all of them. And I got my mom to buy me some. <laughs> Interesting so, yeah. <laughs> thing to be obsessed with in grade three. My mofo is cool as history, yo. Uh, <laughs> it's better than like, I don't know what grade three is like now. They like, I don't know, like Lego or Minecraft. TikTok. To be honest, I do like Lego too. Yeah, I like I like so, Minecraft. Yes. Don't hate Anyways, on it. <laughs> yeah, I played Minecraft with my younger siblings now. 
Listen, I play Minecraft with my Regardless, with my sound... friends who are the same age as me. <laughs> yeah, you sound very old now, Simon. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, not as old as this man at the mighty age of 62, Commodore the White Star Line, running around oceans. But he was known to be a bit of a reckless, uh, you know, captain of a ship. He had this thing of constantly running ships aground. Like, he would run them so quick into a harbor, then accidentally slam into another ship or something. And the White Star Line was like, yo, you're causing some damage to our boats here. And apparently the final straw was when he was captaining the Olympic. Um, if you recall how it got slammed by the, the warship, he was the captain of that when that happened and basically caused that huge loss to happen. Did his ghost also captain the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal? Uh, <laughs> it might have been his grand-grandson, great-grandson or something. Yeah. Runs in the family. Uh, yeah, rip. But no, he was—he has his reputation of being a bit reckless. So it's kind of surprising that, given that they wrecked, that he basically wrecked their other big ship, that they would give him the privilege of of a uh, of captaining the Titanic on its first voyage. Mm-hmm. Right. Other mm-hmm. suspicious facts about its first voyage. So, did you know that before it left port, fifty people canceled their uh, seats on the Titanic? Most of those being first class people. I think I've heard about that, yeah. This includes, oh, as wait. Han was saying, this includes, J.P. Morgan. Like, oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that includes like important people to the the business, right? Yeah, I heard that before. Yeah. The, the day before, J.P. Morgan was like, yo, I know I have the best suite in the ship. I know I've been planning to go. I know I own this magnificent ocean liner, but I'm just going to cancel right now. I'm not feeling too well. I'm kind of sick. That was his official excuse. And they caught him two days later parting with his mistress in, in France, which... Um, as you do, as you do. Yeah, don't we all wish we had a mistress in France? I mean, is there, is there any <laughs> proof that his mistress didn't just text him and be like, hey, you up? And he was like, I am not going on this ship. <laughs> that is... That is pl- I, I feel like that's plausible. Just send like a telegram by pigeon or something. I could see him on the port like... <laughs> Just, w, just it's just someone with a like a what do you call it like the beeping machines, um, the ones that send little shockwaves. More uh, like a Morse code thing. So it's just like W Y D. Yeah, but regardless, he dropped out. You know what's even more suspicious, Crystal? Let's say you had this magnificent collection of like bronze mm-hmm. statues or whatever, and you were going to ship them to America mm-hmm. and you're J.P. Morgan, and your mistress hit you. Up, you're like, I'm going to step off the ship. Would you also take off your bronze statues, which are worth a small fortune, or would you leave them on the ship? I mean, unfortunately, I've I, or fortunately, I've never been in that situation. Um, so I, I feel like it kind of depends what he was trying to do with them. Maybe they were important enough to him that he didn't want to part with them, and he'd rather like travel with them so that they don't get lost or damaged or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Anyways, regardless, those little statues went off the ship as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, J.P. Morgan lost nothing but his ship, basically, which was insured. And the day before, a few days before the Titanic left, they upped its insurance policy by several million pounds. Suspicious. Because you know, Han, as you must have known, planning a murder, right? The first thing you do when you go to murder your loved one is up their insurance policy, right? No, that's like the most suspicious Because that's not... That's... That is Look what happened to the Titanic, thing. Crystal. Yeah, but addition. if you... 
I no, okay. I would not plan a murder. But if I was planning well, a murder and I went and and like took out life insurance or like increased the the amount of life insurance on the person like even I think eight to twelve months before the murder, like that would be marked as super suspicious by the police. They'd be like, Oh, did you think that something was gonna happen to them? So you took out more insurance? Like yeah, but but this is not exactly right because you got to remember it's a sister ship that's really damaged, and and this ship was in pristine quality. So, you the the better analogy would be I will take out a life insurance on my wife, uh, who has a sister <laughs> with uh, like a terminal heart condition or something. Yeah. That I, <laughs> all right, it doesn't make much more sense when I put it like that. To be honest, go, go, go on, Han. Go on, Han. I'm keeping us in, and then you do well, what? And then, then I then I swap them around, and I go on a holiday with my wife's identical twin sister, and, and uh, the then wife. she, then, no, 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 she has. I just make her have a heart attack because I'll just run her. I'll just make her. I'll just accidentally make her run into an iceberg. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I have, I have, I have <laughs> a good, I have iceberg. a good explanation yeah. for this. Okay, the Titanic is ginormous and being really hyped up, and it's about to set off on its first journey. Remember, unsinkable. Okay, yes, unsinkable. but the Olympic which was driven by this this man with the regal beard is costing him a whole bunch of money because of all the things that it's like gotten into so you know why not up the insurance policy a little bit just in case this reckless (laughs) captain decides to get like hit by yet another boat and then i'll get more money for it just in case just 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 another thing is is what kind of insurance company sees you give another ship to exactly the same guy that that junked the last one and then is like yeah sure you can up your insurance this will be great this will be fine uh, to call names out it was Lloyd's of London so yeah <laughs> but they were probably it be in easier on it? to just switch the switch to captain if you were that if you're so fearful of upping your insurance premium wouldn't it be cheaper I to mean, switch to captain I don't. Or is that too much of a conspiracy? I don't know. Maybe he had some sort of contract that they couldn't get out of, or that would be too much trouble to get out of. This was the 1912s. They barely have better labor protection laws nowadays in England, I assume. But, but he's a captain. He's probably like a big shot or something. He's a you commodore, can't... which is above a captain. But exactly. Yeah. So he's he's a big shot. Like you can't you can just ditch random people in the street, but you can't just ditch a maybe, guy. With maybe it would have been a stuff. social issue if they ditched him for someone else. I guess so i guess maybe the rich people wanted to see him there because he was kind of <laughs> just known to, a bit he was a chill guy apparently I'm, my third grade self is remembering like before like they had accounts in the books i was reading of like what the captain was doing each night and so like half the nights he was just out drinking with like the first class passengers it's kind of funny but yeah I, he does seem like a bit of a socialite you know maybe he also had money um because you know even nowadays, people who have money just kind of get away with doing the things that they want to do because they have money and influence. So maybe that played a role in the fact you that, pre- okay, this man's crashed our other ship a couple times. We should probably remove him. And he was like, no, I'm staying. He, he didn't come from a very influential family. He kind of like built up his career over the White Star Line. So he, he wasn't uh, like a hmm. socialite in that sense. I like him a lot more now, actually. He's, a, he's an underdog. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. 
Just a cool fact. You know, I love to do these trivia sections throughout my podcast sometimes. And one of a good trivia section, I'd like to bring it up. Tell me, how many um, fatalities, how many first-class fatalities did the White Star Line have in the 10 years preceding the Titanic disaster? Zero. Two. It had two. Yeah, great. Great, Insta Crystal. The leg. But yeah, out of the 2.2 million passengers it carried, it lost two of them. Actually their fault, or was it like a, you know, heart attack? I'm not sure. Uh, apparently, like, one of them got, like, speared during, like, the crash at the Olympic or something oh like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> something like that. Happened. I'm not sure. It's horrifying. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Regardless, do you know how rare it is to lose a ship to an iceberg? Did you know that Pretty the Titanic rare. is, like, the only major ship to have ever been sunk by iceberg of all the ships in the world? And I'm showing a chart from Wikipedia which the only other ship who comes close to the fatalities of Titanic is some ship from like the 1850s. Mm. Suspicious, right? Very suspicious. I mean, did, did it, is, is it potentially because since the captain was terrible by your own admission, because I, I had also, I also heard at one point, I heard that um, like the waters were technically like, not in a, an appropriate condition for them to be sailing through. But since the ship was unsinkable, they went anyways. So is it potentially the fact that they were taking risks and anyone before and after was like, I have more sense than that. So I'm not going to try and go through. This ocean. So that's a very, it's a very common response, Crystal. And I really want to get to this. The thing is, it was very common practice at that time to literally go full speed ahead during iceberg flows because nobody actually died via iceberg. If you look at this chart, there were no major fatalities fatalities from icebergs. So if you follow the common routes, it was practically guaranteed you're not going to crash of an iceberg. Moreover, they had lookouts, which could see several kilometers ahead to ship, and the Titanic only needed approximately a kilometer, a little less, to come to a full halt. So if they had proper lookouts, they wouldn't crash to an iceberg. So it's it's kind of a weird situation where you're in there because technically, even though the captain was not the greatest, going full speed ahead during an ice flow or during ice season, wherever, was not unheard of and was actually common mm-hmm. practice for these ships. Okay. But yeah, another cool fact, uh, Han, do you want to tell him about tell her about the about the coal strike in the in England and how that impacted the Titanic? Yes. Yeah, so at the time when the Titanic was being finished up and being just about being launched there was a big old coal strike in the united kingdom which means there were a lot lot of unemployment Uh, and there's a lot of people looking for jobs obviously because they needed to feed their families however despite the fact that there was this big old coal strike going on there weren't a lot of employees that wanted to hop on and uh, there were actually weren't that many passengers trying to get out of the UK either because of the economic situation and also the oncoming war. So there just wasn't that much interest in the Titanic at the time to work there or even, well, get on the ship. Moreover than that, so what happened to the Titanic, it sailed from Belfast to Southampton, right? When Southampton, all the people got on, basically. So from Belfast to Southampton, 80 of the crew quit. despite the coal strike they're like screw it we're not working on the ship anymore we're leaving part of that had to do there was an actual fire in the ship so the entire time the titanic was sailing there was a fire in one of the boiler rooms which they kind of tried to cover up but it was actually a document from belfast to southampton it was on fire 
and from Southampton all the way into the Atlantic. It was on fire. I'm not making that up. Boiler number 10 was on fire during the time. It was They didn't know how to contain it. And they had they imported, I think, 20 extra fire marshals on board to kind of keep it subdued. I mean, okay, I, I, I would quit too. I'd also be like, no, I'm not going to go sail on a ship that's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And talking about the passengers, the ship was only, luckily, luckily, at two-thirds capacity. So it was actually kind of under capacity for most of the voyage, which is surprising, but... Yeah. So let's go with this conspiracy. You got the ship, you swapped them around. It's actually Olympic. It's filled with people. You're going to send it to the middle of the ocean where your expert. It's on fire. Ignore that part. Nobody knew about that. (laughs) And your expert uh, captain, uh, Mr. Smith over here, Captain Smith, Commodore Smith, who owes you big favor because, you know, he crashed Olympic. He can do it twice, right? All he needs to do is go to the Atlantic, find a cute little iceberg, and just hit it on its side, get a nice gnash in it. And you know, you start the sinking process. Isn't it? Gnash is a word, is it not? Gnash. It's like, yeah. Regardless, you're, you're disrupting my storytelling here. <laughs> Nobody would have caught it if not for you inquisitive people. <laughs> Regardless. I think I used to say the same. I used think on, I used to on. say it the same way because the first, the first time I learned it, it was like reading it. So, but <clears throat> please continue. Okay. Regardless of my English pronunciation, which is immaculate. Ganache or no ganache. A- anyways, it's anyways. just a Canadian. It's just a Canadian accent. Yeah, have you never been across the old lakes, Crystal? I know you never leave lot. Leave the leave the 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 the, the, the I, desert. I never leave the safety Vegas, of but, you know. the United States. I'm sorry. Regardless, so let's say you can connive of this amazing plot, and obviously you don't want to kill several thousand people. So what do you do instead? How about you send out a ship to meet them there to pick up those people? Have you heard, Crystal and Han, of the Californian? Yeah. So during the coal strike, mind you, coal strike, where very few ships were leaving port in uh, the UK, the White Star Line sent out the Californian. It was one of their ships. Um, It was commanded by Captain Lord, who had an amazing name, Captain Lord. Who wouldn't love that name? Lord Captain. No, it's just Captain Lord. Yeah. And he actually had a reputation. He actually, I think once or twice before, had saved a sinking ship. Um, you know, well, not saved, but like saved the people off it. So like he had a reputation of being a bit of a lifesaver. He knew what was up when it comes to saving mm-hmm. people from sinking ships. So he took this Californian out to about the middle of the North Atlantic, several days voyage, and just stops. And does basically nothing, seemingly waiting for another big ship to come and hit an iceberg. Something even more suspicious, Crystal. Guess what he was carrying during this um, coal strike where he just had to leave port? Guess what he was carrying on board? What was his entire cargo? Because you said it's a coal strike, I'm going to guess coal, but I think the more suspicious answer would be enough food and life, life-saving life equipment for several thousand people that are not on his boat. He had about around exactly 3,000 woolen blankets as his cargo. I was just about to make the joke. He just has a bunch of safety blankets, like exactly the amount you need. Legit, like no, no joke. If you look into the archives, the ship was literally sailing away in a coal strike using precious coal to ship 3,000 woolen blankets to the middle of the North Atlantic for no reason, really. Hmm. <laughs> if you can see um, a little like rough position, the Californian was about 20 kilometers away from the Titanic. However, the Californian never picked up any passengers from the Titanic. What allegedly happened is that 
Captain Smith was not a very good captain and crashed a Titanic a bit too early or a bit too far away and screwed up sending the flares. So the Californians sat in the middle of the ocean waiting for something and never noticed that the Titanic was sinking. <laughs> this is kind of corroborated by the weird activity that happened while the Titanic was sinking from first-hand accounts. So people were saying it took 45 minutes to send out the first SOS call. 45 minutes on a sinking ship with thousands of people who you don't have enough lifeboats for. Secondly, they launched a lot of lifeboats, which are just kind of like not enough people on them. Like normally it's common practice to jam them full of people, but they're like, oh, you'll be fine. Three of you in here. Let's just make it look like a, a good old sinking. We'll, we'll have some more people come pick us up, guys. Thirdly, a lot of people in the lifeboats did notice that there was a ship or lights somewhere close to them, which many people suspect was the Californian waiting. The Californian just didn't notice the ship sinking. What did you make of this mysterious rescue vessel, which did not rescue them? In the end, it was a, another ship with another sea name. I forget which name it was. The Capernaum, I believe it was, who ended up getting yeah, it was, the survivors. It was like a very tiny shipping. Uh, it's just a whaling vessel. It wasn't a legal whaling vessel as well, I it think. It was right? not, actually. Um, there, okay. There's a theory, another conspiracy to decide, um, that there was another vessel, uh, a, a Swedish-Norwegian vessel, which was hunting seals off the coast of Newfoundland. The way they hunt those seals is terrible. Dude. They bludgeon their little head. Anyways... Regardless, they, they were hunting seals, and because they were illegally doing it, they were kind of like, let's not get involved with this big Titanic thing. Uh, we'll just stay back. But anyways, hunt. sorry, go on. Oh, yeah, so, wait, uh, I was just going to mention the, the illegal seal clubbing club, so. <laughs> yeah. Just go on. Yeah, no, it's fine. Crystal, any thoughts as well about the suspicious behavior of the California? Um, I mean... There's probably some explanation beyond the whole, oh, it was going to rescue people from the Titanic for why it stopped. Maybe it stopped because they were like, okay, maybe maybe we don't need to take these blankets all the way over. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, whatever. Um, I think it's, I think it's really why, is this, why is the whole <laughs> ship filled with blankets? Yeah, well, what's the explanation for that, Crystal? Why would you need to run blankets to La America, who has his, who has his own like you know, know blankets? Man. Probably New York is cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I think it's really yeah, funny. Like if if ever if all of this is true, I think it's really funny that they entrusted this guy to crash the ship, and he still screws it up and crashes it too early. Like yeah, uh, impressive. I thought that's um, hilarious. Honest, so far. So far, you haven't told me much uh, new stuff. Like all of these, these like I, I think I've heard little bits about everything along the way before this, um, and I can kind of understand why they were like waited the idea of waiting forty five minutes because it was an unsinkable ship. So maybe they were like, oh well, it's unsinkable. It's not something that we have to worry about. And it took them 45 minutes to realize, oh, this is really bad and we actually need help. <laughs> ah, however, however, there are reports that the captain, as well as a few of his officers, high up officers, were actually in bed at the time, fully clothed. Uh, on I the think California. they were in a. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't on the California. I thought it was on a Titanic, actually. Oh, no. It was a Californian. Okay. Yeah, there's some. During his testimony, I was going to say, the only person who really got legally in trouble for this full thing was Captain Lord. 
which is kind of sad. Um, and during his testimony, it emerged that he went to bed fully clothed, like on a really small bed, just waiting to be woken up by something. That's so dumb. Well, Ismay got into a lot of trouble as well, by the way. The the owner of the uh, the president of the White Star Line was on the ship, and he survived, and he got... Well, the same kind of crap that the Japanese man that survived got, basically. I think he banned anybody in his family from mentioning the Titanic to him for the rest of his life. <laughs> he must have hated... Well, I mean, he was probably dead, but he must have. He would have hated that movie coming out. Yeah. It's like every time Celine Dion starts <laughs> singing, he back. just like sheds a tear. Wait, so if, if this was planned, why was he on the Titanic? So the, the president of White... Whatever. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Why was he on it? Why didn't he about like? Probably because the Californian was supposed to pick him up. If you were the president of a company, yeah. it was all planned. Of a big company like this, and you had to like uh, commit fraud, would you put yourself in the middle of it because you knew that mm-hmm. you would be like stuck in the freezing cold, having to like? be rescued from one ship to another or would you fly off jet off with your good friend jp morgan to paris find your own mistress and then act surprised when you pick up the phone and hear that your ship has sunk maybe the investors just didn't like Mm -hmm. ismay (laughs) they're like oh he can just go i don't know it's it's a it's a question but i I could see like maybe ismay like hell if i was investor of a company and don't hold this against me anytime in a court of law or something in the future but if i had a huge ship and it was going to sink, and I knew it was going to be saved, I would totally be up to go down on the ship, but be saved. It'd be cool, you know? It'd be pretty good for your for your, for your image, I suppose. Like, no, I'm going down with my <laughs> ship, and then, like, having to be convinced by, by people rescuing you to, to not, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That doesn't appeal to you, Crystal? Are you, are you the most humble of us all, uh, is, is what you're I saying? Need... I, I, guess I, I guess I don't need that kind of ego boost. So. Um Wow. I, I wow. already know like <laughs> I'm not as, pretty not as insecure cool, as we are. And I, I don't think going going the intention of going down with my ship would do anything for me. Um also the mm. fact that they launched ha- like very sparsely packed lifeboats is very strange. Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna go for the last few things I have. And then we'll get off, we'll like, you know, talk about it a little more or give our final review rankings because we're going a little while. Have you seen pictures of the wreck of the Titanic, Crystal? If you can see, the Titanic wreck was actually discovered in the late 1980s. It was a huge thing. Did you know the biggest piece of the wreck of the Titanic is actually in Las Vegas of all places? And it's a great thing um, to go I visit. I did because that's how we started this episode out. I, I'm just going to wrap it into your mind. So if you're ever near Las Vegas again, you got to go. Vi- it's in one of the casinos which, too. Which like I wouldn't even go to the casino to go like... I don't know. So I think it was blue, but yeah. What the casino was blue? or Was it called blue? The Indian Grand. Blue to me, I don't know. I, I associated the color blue. blue that's all I knew. Like yeah. the MGM I'll Google it. I'll Google it. Green. Regardless, oh, it's in the Lu- oh, it's actually really? in the Luxor. No, the Luxor is the, Luxor? the pyramid one. Uh, oh. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, that makes no, sense. The pyramid. Blue. I'll get to the Egyptian <laughs> connection towards the end. But anyways. Oh God. <laughs> anyways. What? If you look at the slide I have up now, some of the pictures, you can see some letters on the Titanic or the Olympic. If you glance real closely, um, you can kind of make out the outline of like a letter O on its hull and an L and a Y. 
It's really shady. I have a better picture in a second. But basically, what people allege is that on the record of Titanic, you can kind of see the word Olympic where the word Titanic should be. One other good example is this picture, which is admittedly very foggy, but this is thousands of meters below the ocean with some janky submersible. But you can make out an M and a P, uh, which we highlighted. And that forms part of Olympic. Why would that be on Wait, Titanic? Wait, can you go back without the... Yes. That's supposed to be the hull of the ship? Uh, like the little end of the ship, you know, where to put the word mm-hmm. on. The, isn't that the port? I have no idea. The port's a side, the right? The bow. Mm. I feel like we're going to get roasted about our maritime knowledge. but I'm from Zeeland. Somebody, <laughs> somebody in my family knows this. Yeah, same actually, yeah. Um, I mean, okay, this photo... The, the 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 M and the P it it looks industrial. I will say the last one. And uh, no, I call I call bull crap. Um, it's I think it's just seaweed. I didn't see anything convincing in that one. This one, like it's a little more industrial looking. So maybe it could be an M or and a P, or maybe it's just metal that just happens to look like an M and a P. I've seen a lot of fences that look like m's and n's in the way that they're built so it's not a it's not really a fence though it's more like a um it's like a ridge or like uh how'd you call that it's like a, it's a like gullet indent, right it's, like it's, a it's an indentation it's a gullet uh, which is an m how would that happen in such a perfectly round know. way <laughs> some really creative seals there right? um, i'm not convinced that this is an m and a p yeah. like i, I can Must... see it but mm. You're not trusting your own eyes. Seeing is You should see how thick my glasses are. I I don't trust my eyes half the time I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe the the wreck isn't that convincing. And to kind of be honest towards the the truther side here, which is what I'm calling the people who stick with the the given story. But regardless, they do claim that uh, every part of every ship used to have its own number on them uh, back in the day. So for the Olympic, her number was 400. And for the Titanic, her number was 401. And pretty much everything that came up from the wreck that they've seen, how little of it there is, had a number 401 on it. So some people say that doesn't really hold up. Others say they could have just done a really good job or something. See, I I was wondering about that when you had them, when you had the picture of both of them in the port up. Like, okay, they, they, they mm-hmm. switched the names. And in, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, but how how many places would they have put, like, Olympic inside? Surprisingly, not too much. It was just mainly that identifier number. And that was the main kind of thing. And when the, the Olympic ended its life, um, she served during World War II as, like, a hospital ship. She went on a bunch of other stuff. And in 1932, she was retired. And when she was scrapped, sadly, I think they didn't they, – it kind of all mm-hmm. seemed to check out is what they said. Um, the Britannic, the, the the other sister, the older one, built in 1915, never really saw active duty because of this thing called the, the First World War and hit a mine and kind of, you know, exploded. So, yeah, it, the, the Olympic line was kind of cursed, if you know what I mean. What, what was it? Was, was it the same <laughs> captain that – captain the last ship no he the, sounds like something that would happen to him captain smith died on this on this this is his last mistake if anything <laughs> might have might have been his son or his brother wow smith smith jr smith jr this the smith family isn't very strong in sailing i see but uh just very unfortunate maybe 
Yeah. So this kind of wraps up most of what I had. Oh, I'll mention the fun Egyptian stuff later on, but I kind of want to hear your perspectives. I started with you, Crystal, and then I want to start with Han to be nice. Han, where are you standing now? What's your rating? What do you think this theory? Any thoughts? Go on your minute-long monologue. Well, so so I basically saw the arguments. I already knew most of the arguments that you put out here. And I I guess I'm still not entirely convinced. Um, I think it's plausible. I think it's definitely more plausible than some of the other ones we've done. Hmm. So um, I feel like... So I'm not going to increase my score, but I am going to rewrite my score from the beginning because I feel like I gave it a too low of a score in the beginning. So I'll give it like a six, seven. I give it like a seven for plausibility, uh, which is like, I could have seen this happening. It's not entirely implausible. And the like, there's this, there's a motive, which is quite clear. There's a method, which is like sort of achievable. Uh, which makes it a lot more believable than some of the other stuff. So, yeah. In some Seven. senses, you would say you could see an alternative universe where this really plausibly did happen. Is kind of what absolutely I'm okay. Crystal, where do you stand? Because for me, getting any higher <laughs> scores is somewhat of a rarity on this podcast, despite my nature. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, you made my day, huh? Let's see, Crystal, if you'll continue to disappoint uh, me. Okay, I have to be honest. I'm a little disappointed with your argument because same no 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 same like same thing Sorry. as Han like I I knew most of the things that you said and also you actually skipped over something that I heard about before there were pictures of um the Olympic I've seen like a side by side comparison of a picture of the Olympic after it had it's uh, accident or a fire or whatever. And then a picture of the Titanic before it even launched. And it seemed to have like the exact same damage pattern. And I'm a little disappointed that you didn't bring that up because that's, that was one of the more compelling pieces of evidence that I had seen when I was, when I just like had information on this. I had it in my mind. I just, I had a lot of tr- trouble trying to find that picture. Um, there are pictures where the Olympic does show some damage, but the issue is, and just couldn't be completely being completely honest, what people allege the damage corresponds to the place where the boiler fire was. So they're saying it was structurally weaker. So I think the captain should have hit the iceberg with that side where the boiler was, which I believe did kind of turn out true. It hit near the boiler. However, when I was comparing the pictures of the damage on the Olympic and the pictures on the damage to Titanic, it seemed like the, the ganache, as we're calling it now, the big wound, oh God. was on the wrong side of the ship, like the porthole thing you guys were saying. So I couldn't find a complete right picture to put on. And I mean, we're already like an hour and 20 minutes in. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyways, Crystal, with that evidence, let's say I did present that in the most pristine way possible, as I always do. As always. Any changes um, in your rating? I would say I'm I'm... I'm... I want to. I, I also would like to re reevaluate my starting score and say it was like a solid five. Um, and my begin and and, and my score now. I think I I guess I could say I'm I'm still I'm actually fluctuating between five and six, um, maybe closer to six. There are some things that you you presented and I was like okay that seems pretty solid. 
but also some other things like the porthole thing it just it seems really silly to try and consider that evidence because from my perspective like those pictures were not even of the same side of the ship there are probably pictures of other sides it's just difficult to find them and i was like this is clear. I don't think you'll think well, too much of it. Well, clearly you were wrong. No. <laughs> it's okay. I, I think I think it's plausible. Um, it's definitely plausible because you know rich people and their insurance schemes because they don't want to pay money on anything. Um, and since they were identical ships, there's clearly the opportunity to do it. And the Californian is a little sus. So it's definitely plausible, but I can't say I'm not convinced that it happened that way for sure. Fair enough. And if you're ever again in Las Vegas, you know, will you visit that. If I if I remember, I will. Um, but I also I I don't really like the Luxor Hotel very much. It's just it it's ugh. it's it smells like cigarette smoke really strongly I'm... and has some weird vibes to it. Maybe I will. I don't know. That just sounds like the entirety of the Las Luxor, Vegas. The Luxor, I think I it's one remember. of the older ones. So for been. me, like I wouldn't, I would go to like the Aria or the Cosmo a lot. Um, but I just, I don't know. I never really liked the Luxor. Mm. Well, I mean, talking about the Luxor Hotel, I dangled the carrot of the Egyptian connection in front of you guys. Did you know, allegedly? Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> I heard about this one. <laughs> The Titanic was it was it was allegedly carrying Han. Maybe you don't know this yet. Prince, the Princess of Amun Ra, who was a fifteen hundred year old Egyptian mummy. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the Ark of the Covenant? I mean, close second contender, but there was connections. So apparently, this mummy itself had quite a curse. So. It was discovered in like the late 1890s, and I think all the four people who first discovered or tried to buy her suffered some mysterious fates. Like one disappeared, one like lost an arm suddenly and like had to get it amputated. One went like bankrupt. The other one like beca- became homeless and became like a match seller on the street, which seems cool but actually isn't. In this this coffin and like the majestic princes of Amun Ra continued with this, this ominous reputation. Like when they were moving her into like the British Museum or wherever they were gonna keep her. The car she was in actually like slipped out of gear and killed two people sliding down a hill. And then, like, one of the uh, people who carried her coffin randomly died the next day of like no apparent reason. Wait, what? What? what how did it? What? What hill? It was like, it was Should like the, bri- the car was like in like parking, right? And it slipped off parking into neutral. Like, it was like a truck. And then it ran over two people. I was, I was like back, I was, I was like sliding down a hill. Hmm. Anyways, I didn't know the British Museum was on a hill. I, it was a museum in Britain, is what I'll say. I don't have the exact ah, details. Regardless, on it, a hill, <laughs> on a hill, allegedly, it it could have rolled. But yeah. Anyways, it, by the time it was like the Titanic time, or like the 1912s, it had, it had been allegedly involved in like killing or ruining like 20 people's lives. And there was just one American guy who was like, "Oh, I don't believe in all that British, you know, spiritualism and you know." random mythicism i'm just gonna buy this thing and i'm gonna take it home with me on this ship called the titanic on its maiden voyage and voila look what happened so this is also why not specifically this but i've made a vow to not buy ancient egyptian items because i think they'll totally curse me i do kind of believe in that so 
Well, I mean, you, good luck trying to buy ancient Egyptian, Egyptian items. I mean, I've been there and they don't sell those. They just sell stuff that they say is ancient, but I mean, they just make it mm. in a factory. Yeah. I can give you one. I can I can find you like a little statuette uh, or something. Don't, don't. I don't want to be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I'll actually come, come to Brussels at some point and just drop it in front of your door. You go. You're welcome. Wow. You're just speaking of terrorizing me now. If you're ever in yes, the position yes. to afford a uh, an ancient Egyptian item, um, let me know. I I am a great personal assistant, and I only charge a hundred dollars an hour. So you'll like take the curse on for me, is what you're saying? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying um, yeah. instead of buying the Egyptian <laughs> thing, hire me as your personal assistant, and your life will go better. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a cool way to end it. Uh, maybe, maybe you're lucky. Yeah. It balances out. Any final words from you two before we end it up? And to our listeners who have listened all the way through, Han told me to, to remind you guys to like and subscribe, even though I know you'll do that, so I don't have to remind you whatsoever. But yeah, any uh, final words, guys? Thank you for having me on. I thought this was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious if you have actually managed to convince anyone else. Um, but I don't know. I, I still, I still think it's plausible. It's just not uh, something that I would like bet money on. If, if you, if you said, do you want to go back in time and watch this whole thing happen and, and see what actually happened? I would not bet money that it was a conspiracy. Nah, depends on the odds. <laughs> nice. Spoken like a true Las Vegas goer. But yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Han, any final thoughts as well from you? Um yeah, thanks for being here, Crystal. That was uh, interesting. I had a great time listening to uh, Simon rant about boats and sinking ships. I, I did. I hope it was great. You did too. Yeah. Thanks for listening in. And yeah, we'll we'll catch you next time on our next episode. Um, by the way, if you guys haven't noticed, I put the next episode, the hint, into the titles of the description. So if you're still listening and you want to check out what it is, check it out. But anyways, see you guys later. Catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.